RugbyRenegade.com, the number one online strength and conditioning program for rugby. Are you ready to get bigger, stronger, fitter, and faster and dominate your opposition? Welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast, where we build machines. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Renegade podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Pro Athlete Supplementation. Check them out at pas-nutrition.co.uk for all your supplementation needs. And don't forget that subscribers to the Rugby Renegade program get a 40% discount on retail prices. Yes, welcome back to episode 54 of the Rugby Renegade podcast. My name is Jamie Bain and today slightly different uh, interview. Um, not just a strength and conditioning coach or a nutritionist, that type of stuff we, we do regularly. Uh, it'll be a bit more interesting for front row players, especially hookers, because we interview Dan Richmond, um, who is an expert line-out throwing coach. Um, also, you know, a very experienced player in his own right. He spent nine years at Northampton Saints when they were, you know, a very successful team. Um, and I coached him at Bedford, so it's great to have someone on that I've coached um, and, and chat to him about what he's doing now. Uh, since his playing career, he's been coaching uh, at the Premiership uh, level with uh, Worcester, Wasps, Sale, and he spent a good good few years at Sale. Um, and also uh, specialist throwing, he's worked with uh, Argentina, the Pumas. And he's really gone into researching the throwing movement and looking at weaknesses uh, of hookers um, and how they can improve those uh, to improve their line-out throwing. Um, so it's really in-depth chat into that. We touch on uh, scrummaging and general front row play as well and a few other bits. Um, but hopefully, especially if you're a hooker, I'm sure you'll get a lot from out from this. Uh, so give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the Rugby Reading A podcast. Great to have you on. Why don't we start by just telling us a little bit about your background, um, your playing career and your, and your coaching career and what you're up to at the minute. Yeah, um, I started at Northampton Saints uh, uh, in their first academy and I was there for nine seasons and then moved over to Bedford Blues where I had four really enjoyable seasons and that time in at Bedford I made the transition into coaching so I was coaching full-time at um, a local school and then looking for opportunities transitioning out of playing in, into coaching. And I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to work with England under-18s, uh, working specifically with their, their line-out throwers. And the role grew from there, where I approached a couple of the premiership clubs and I got um, roles to work with their throwers at South Sharks and Worcester Warriors. And... Once you're in that environment, it was I was fortunate enough to have some ideas around the scrum because at that time um, the new scrum engagement sequence was coming in with the the crowd fine set and an opportunity grew at Sail Sharks and I ended up coaching the line out throwing, assisting with the forwards and um, having responsibility for coaching the scrum and. From those opportunities and relationships, I was uh, invited out to Argentina, uh, where I worked with Freebie uh, when with my time at Worcester, and that's how I got involved with working with the, the national team uh, in the 2015 World Cup. 
yeah that's cool and obviously you know being a hooker you've got that passion for for throwing and line outs and I know a lot of what you're currently working on is you know improving whether it's skills or or the physical side in terms of the S&C approach for hookers so I thought it'd be a good way to kind of start on, on what you've you've kind of highlighted as the weakness you see in in some of the throwers that's letting down their you know their technical ability and then we'll go on to sort of how they can how they can improve it. So what, what are the kind of weaknesses or things that you kind of look out for when you're looking at a thrower? Yeah, I think probably what, one of the, the common areas I focus on is, is the hand placement on the ball. So often players teach themselves how to throw and they maybe watch other players on the telly or, or so on and they, they try and um, copy that. So there's there's a some fundamental positions where to place your hands on the ball to, to achieve a spiral and um, I, I talk about uh, your, your dominant hand being your, your power hand and you're looking to maximise your hand contact on the ball with your, your power hand that's going to give you maximum grip and then when you've got maximum grip with your power hand you've then got to be able to balance that power and transfer in the direction you want. So your your other hand, as I, I name it, the guide hand, um, needs to be positioned to control and direct the power to, towards the target. So hand placement is is always a big one. And I'd probably say the, the other common um, area to improve is in your posture. So when players take the ball up, um, in their ready position, they've actually got their lower back is, is fixed in extension, so they're, they're sticking their backsides out, so they've got an anterior pelvic tilt, and that is going to lock up your lower back as you're going through your throwing movement and can, can cause challenges with your movement on the ball. So having your pelvis in neutral, as you know, is... Um, the best way to perform any athletic movement and that then has a positive impact on how your hands release the ball yeah and and so moving forward we'll, we'll talk first mainly i guess about sort of skills and drills that you've used to kind of get people to focus on that for you know some of our, our listeners who are throwers who, who want to improve it what what sort of drills can you use uh, obviously i guess it's difficult to explain just over you know podcast but if there's any any sort of little easy wins you can, you can offer to some of our athletes that'd be great yeah definitely i think when when you're exploring your hand placement on the ball um a good a good tip to use is, is to play around with a smaller size rugby ball because you're you're naturally going to have an increase of contact on the ball just by the the size of the ball um but a real key to producing that spiral is um, the work of your guide hand. And a common practice now as throwing coaches and, and professional players is they, they incorporate the, the thumb of their guide hand a lot more. So um, to describe it, your, your power hand, which is your dominant hand, is has got good hand contact on the ball and, and you're looking to roll through the ball like you see in the NFL quarterbacks throwing and your guide hand we're, we're looking at your your thumb to push through the ball so using a small ball really helps to um, make it a little bit easier to find that spiral and then you can transfer it to your, your match size ball 
That's cool. Good, good tip there. And and then in terms of the posture and things like that, what what can you do or, or what cues can you use to to help people get that right posture? Yeah. Again, I think going into the gym and working on your um, your pelvic control um, is is the fundamental way to to address that, so that you can stand with your almost like your waistband parallel to the ground is, is a good indicator that you're in um, that neutral position. Um, and again, as a coach, we like to challenge that. So we would put a player on an unstable position, so maybe like a, a wobble board or a cushion and so on um, to, to help you. But one one tip I'd probably say is if we if you raise your toes so for example if you've got a, a small platform maybe like a couple of centimeters high or even like a, a plate you know in the gym and you, you pose on that plate and your heels are on the that's going to help you to find that um neutral pelvis position um and if you so that, that's a way to, again, we, all, we want to help our players to identify the feeling of being in the right position. And then we start to, to challenge it, that they have to replicate that within the drills when, when they get tired and so Yeah, that's cool. And then sort of moving forward, you, you mentioned in the gym there, what sort of, what sort of exercise or what sort of muscles are we, are we looking at to work, um, whether, whether it's mobility or, or strength and, and the posture type stuff? Yeah, the, the the muscle groups we're we're obviously looking at around like your your glutes, um, your your lower abs, and when we go through the producing the throwing movement and throwing long, um, your upper abs become really important uh, as well as you know as we want to want to sh- stretch as the ball goes behind your head and then you want to snap forward, um, and and finally you know, the the triceps play a big part in producing power mm-hmm. and to achieve a fluid movement again it's the balance between strength power and mobility so your your shoulder mobility is gonna is important uh, and an indicator that you may be struggling with um your upper body mobility around maybe like tightness around your lats or your, your chest um is as you're recoiling the ball behind your head, if you feel your elbows sort of splay out, that's an indication that um, there might be tightness in the muscles. And also if your chin drops on its chest as the ball's behind your head in the recoil. So the, the recoil position really helps to tell us a lot as coaches, indicators of players' mobility and so on. And when you couple that with identifying the right-hand placement, um, you get those positive visual cues that the elbows don't splay out too far and the chin stays in a neutral position. Yeah, all good tips, all good tips. Now, um, in terms of actually practicing throwing, just, I'm sure some of the, the hookers listening would be interested in what, what's your approach? I guess everyone's different, but what would you recommend to a young player in terms of you know, how frequent, how much volume to get in um, with practicing their throwing? Yeah, I think it's probably really important to say it's it's got to be um, purposeful practice. It's got to be accurate practice. 
Um, otherwise, you're starting to maybe train those those bad habits. So it's I think one tip would be it's important to train with other people, and by understanding the the visuals of the right techniques of what you're looking for, then you can buddy up with someone and, and they can help help you to find um, identify when you're performing the correct movements, and then you can become more aware of what that feels like. But you're going to be looking around 50 quality throws a day at least. So you're looking around that maybe sort of like 250, 300 throws a week so that you're developing that muscle memory, that that rhythm of how you're going to perform your movements. And then once you've got that, when you then take that into working with a line out, you've got, you've got, you've got an understanding of your rhythm and the, then when you're starting to work with the players of different line-out moves and timing and so on, the only variable you've got to add in is to when you start your movement. Cool. Yeah, that's great. I'm, and I'm glad you kind of, you started with the, you know, it being purposeful. Um, you know, often some, some people might just throw out a number and then players will just listen to that and go off and just throw ter- 50 terrible balls. But yeah, it's really, really yeah. glad you highlighted that point. Uh, let's move move outwards in the scrum a little bit into the you know the props and and scrummaging in general. What what are your what are your thoughts on that and how to improve it and what are you seeing in some some of the young props coming up through the ranks now? Yeah, I think I think with the amendments to the scrum laws and so on, and I think I think they have been very positive for the game. And um, what we're now seeing is these young athletes being strong, powerful, but the better scrummages have a fantastic level of mobility and um, great core strength. So it's, it's being able to have control as you move through the, the sequences. So from the crouch, because there is such little space between you and your opponent now, if you start in a poor position and maybe your pelvis is not in in a again a neutral position and you're you're slightly rounded in your back you've got very little time to correct that through the movements so players that can move well um coupled with good core strength physical strength uh are sort of leading the way of the, the standards so um it has become very technical understanding those signals but it's like anything the more that you you practice them uh the more fluid the movement comes um then you're able to adapt to oppositions during the game adapt to the referees calling and, uh, and so on yeah definitely it's uh it's definitely the the dark arts in that front row isn't it but um moving on just looking back over over your playing career um some of the players you've sort of played against or or trained with and stuff like that. Who who are some of the fittest players you've been involved with, or or who are some of the best trainers that you've trained with? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, really good question. I think um, people of late. I think someone like um, a, a Darren Fox um, yeah. <laughs> works very hard um, off the field. And, and again, it's Tesla, and I think he's still still playing nowadays. Um, yeah, he was a, a fantastic 
trainer, athlete, and so on. And I think that's probably more of the shift of where the game is is going. Um, and again, it's um, credit to professionalism is that that the the more you can invest in your athletic development, and as as I alluded to before, that's your core strength, your mobility, um, you know, as well as your skill acquisition. Um, it, it's those players that that rise to the, the top of the game, and then you couple that with the the mental aspect of the resilience, the grit, um, and, and so on. And so, so yeah. So no, I've been I've been fortunate to play probably through two generations of when I first started um, the game had not that long gone professional so the sport was learning its way within professionalism and um, finding its feet and and now being a coach within that environment you can see through being involved with the game for 20 years how much it's evolved with the understanding of um, sports science um, nutrition how we recover how and even into the aspects of how we learn. So um, I know it doesn't quite answer your question, with who's the best, but um, I think it's hard to say that because it's evolved so much over time. Um, but someone that comes to my mind is, is, would, be, would be a Darren Fox, definitely. Yeah. And like you say, you mentioned Foxy, and he's he's still playing now, and it, that's testament to the fact that he's looked after his body. And if... If you do that, if you make that investment from a young age, you know you're going to have a long, a long career, and and you know that's what that's what we want because essentially it is a short career, so you want to make the most out of it uh, that you can. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely. and probably to to sort of add to that again, and you know we know that Foxy's had injuries throughout his career, and, and I think that's where if 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 uh, an old Ex rugby player like myself could pass on any advice around around that. Is that being diligent with your rehab um, and your your prehab and, and so on is one of the keys to that longevity in in any sport. And it's not just once you're fit again that you then stop doing it. Um, someone like Aaron is really diligent at um, making sure his all those niggles and old injuries he's got, and he's got um, exercises to help him to manage that, and that's that's a testament to why he's been able to play for so long. Yeah, definitely. And and kind of on that note, you, you're kind of alluding to it anyway. But what what advice would you give to a, an upcoming player? Um, I I think getting. It's a great. It's a great question. What advice would I give give to them? Um, think about why. Why do we play the game? We we play the game because hopefully we play it because we enjoy it. Um, there's that pursuit of mastery, mastery of the skills, of challenging yourself um, to perform under pressure against an opponent, and so on. Um, and, and I think I think our sport is very special with that uh, being a, a team sport where your teammates rely on you. Um, it's very special. So my advice would probably be to just enjoy all of that. 
got to remember to enjoy all of that. And um, yes, everyone's got drive and they've got goals and, and they want to get to a certain point. But just remember, this is this is a moment in your life, and not to forget living the rest of it. And if you're a young player that's aspiring to get into the professional game, well, it's remembering your your studies, as we both know, it is a short career. Um, so it's what are you going to do alongside that? And and again, there's a lot of research out there that people that are successful in one sport have got a, a well-rounded life and they've got other interests, not just solely focused 24-7 on that sport because um, there will be highs and lows and, and you need to have different outlets and different stimulus. So I'd, I'd say it's important that, you, again, it's being encouraged you to be well-rounded, enjoy your sport, love your sport, chase the mastery of it, and push yourself to see how how good you could be because the competition comes from within not it's not you against your club teammate that is fighting for the same position it's uh, what I've learned it's about you pushing yourself so when you have an opportunity to play and perform it's the levels that you can achieve um, that that's the drive what then your 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 teammate has to try and um, better those, so you get that competition. But the the real competition comes from within. How how good can you be? How far can you push yourself? Awesome. Yeah, some great advice there. Okay, Dan. So we've obviously talked in depth about um, throwing and and what weaknesses of throwers and, and how they can improve that and stuff like that. And I know you've got um, a product or some products coming out um, that might help with that. And obviously you, you're a coach, specialist throwing coach in your own right. So just talk us a little bit about that and, and let people know sort of how they can get in touch with you as well. Yeah, well, I've, I've put together um, an ebook called The Five Steps of Line-Out Throwing. And the, the idea came about in 2015. I was... Um, invited out to Argentina to deliver um, one of my throwing courses for a week. And it was a, a fantastic experience. And I, I worked with these young players. And fast forward four years, I've been invited, I was invited out again. And I now see the next generation of players who are now representing their country um, and have learned to throw from the program that we put in place all those years ago. And it, it was it was a real humbling experience to speak to a player that's thrown and that has come and said, oh, yeah, I've watched all your training sessions and so on. And it was just, I felt that I've been privileged enough to play the game at the highest level. And I wanted to share that knowledge with people so that, players that want again to chase mastery of a skill there's there's now avenues out there for you to go to go and do that and i don't think there's much out there regarding throwing so i made the ebook um it's available in english and in spanish um for all my argentinian followers on on social media and again it's the 
the, the tips and the, the techniques that, that I've identified over my playing and coaching career um, as, a, as a guide and a map for others to go and go and develop their own technique. Because I mean, what I would say is that the five steps of line-out throwing, again, it's a guide and it's about because we're all different shapes and sizes and we might have different injuries or mobility or so on, it's, it's a framework and a guide for you to go and tailor it to your own physique. Um, but as I'm aware, there's very little out there for, for players um, to learn that. So um, it, I felt it was an opportunity for me to do that and, and share my knowledge. That's great. And I think it's similar in, in terms of rugby renegade. What we do, obviously, you know, if you're a professional player, you get one-on-one -on -one coaches with someone like yourselves. But um, if if you're amateur coming up through the through the ranks of clubs, you don't kind of get that. And you, you know, we we provide S and C and sort of medical rehab, prehab stuff. And and you're going down the skill route. So it's good. It's just giving giving the masses opportunity to get exposed to to what elite level players have. So I think it's brilliant. Um, do you want to talk more about what's involved in the ebooks, or you know, just let us know um, how how listeners can uh, can follow you on social media and, or get hold of you on the website and stuff like that? Yeah, well, my website is thescrumdoctor.com, and um, I post um, helpful tips um, around throwing techniques and scrummaging on my Instagram page which is D Richmond two. Um, and as I say, if you're interested in buying the ebook, that's at my website. Yeah. And is, so, is that out now? Yeah, that's, that's out now. That's, that's, that's ready to go. So, um, launched it this week. Um, and again, the, the structure, the format of the ebooks is there's, um, of videos, um, of myself explaining the, the techniques and so on um, and some how-to tips and, and some um, explanations of what to look for and, and uh, what, what to avoid. Awesome. That's great. And of course, we will share all, all links to your social media and to your website. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for coming on, taking the time to, to talk to us. I know you're sort of in between coaching sessions and stuff like that, so um, yeah. appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I think, think it's, it's great what you're doing and definitely will recommend it to any, any hookers on our programme um, to check it out. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, that. So great chat with Dan. Definitely plenty of takeaways. If you're a hooker or a prop, um, you know, especially... Uh, check out Dan's ebook uh, if you are a hooker, of, you know, to improve your line out throwing, whether it's technical or from a physical standpoint. Uh, and of course, share this podcast with any of your front row friends, um, and they can listen to it on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, and of course, give us a five star review and check us out at rugbyrenegade.com or any of our social media platforms at Rugby Renegade. Uh, until next time, more podcasts to come. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Renegade podcast. For more quality rugby strength and conditioning information, check us out at rugbyrenegade.com. Rugby Renegade, building machines.